0: Welcome to episode three of Dog Talk podcast with Akeem Glasby, the Indy Stars Butler Insider. I am Macklin the Indy Stars Sports Editor, and Akeem. The trip to Orlando wasn't too bad for the Bulldogs. They come away with two wins over um, twenty twenty three NCAA tournament teams, and a pretty hard fought and a very entertaining game against FAU, a team that went to the Final Four last year. So, first, let's get your uh, initial thoughts of what we learned from the Orlando trip.
1: Yeah, I mean, just from talking to Thad, um, I say that a lot, but you know, he, he gives me some good insight. Yeah, no, humble- you're <laughs> supposed to talk to the coach. FYI. Definitely, um, yeah. you know, the the FIU game, you know, they were, you know, you never want to be, you know, happy with any losses, but it just came down to chemistry. He said that, you know, this FAU team has been together; they're just a little more connected down the stretch. And they're battle
0: tested. We saw that last March. Clearly, I mean, these, these guys know how to win. You know, and so that. You have to put that into account.
1: Yes, and 14 of 15 players were back from that team. They were down two rotation players, but even then, you know, uh, John L. Davis is the you know the connective tissue there. He was back. So that was going to be a tough task for them. And they were competitive. I think that's what, you know, Thad really wanted to see. And, again, it's just that chemistry down the stretch that the team is trying to build that is kind of the deciding factor in close games. So that was, you know, a, a positive, I would say, for, in that experience. And then uh, the the Penn State game uh, was a, a pretty solid win, and that's kind of the start of Pierre Brooks's kind of breakout. I would say he's kind of of one player. If I had to choose as a breakout player, it's definitely Pierre Brooks, and he's just someone that was challenged early in the season to you know expand his role to kind of live up to being that player that you know people thought he could be when he was at Michigan State, that four star you know former Michigan Mr. Basketball, and then he kind of he's really embraced that role. I would say him and Jameel, uh, Telford are kind of the two go-to scores that the team needs and that they kind of had last year with Jaden Taylor and Timoz Lekosius, but it seems like Pierre is kind of, he's doing a little bit better than Jaden did. Jaden Jaden's production was kind of sporadic. His highs were equally high, but Pierre's right now has proven to be a little more
0: consistent. I think what we're seeing with these guys, with Brooks and with Telford are they're alphas and they, they have, and they're built for, high level literally built uh, yes, they are built for <laughs> high level college basketball they have that you know tell fort you know if his shot's not dropping he's going to put his head down and drive to the basket get fouled and create stuff like yes. he, he and he can do that and Brooks can I mean he can really do almost everything um and he's showing the ability to shoot I mean he's the only one who hit threes against Boise State but he hit four of them yep. um and I think you kind of saw that a little bit in the Michigan State game it was an emotional game for him you know the crowd was getting on him but he was still fighting there to the end, Had, some, had some, hit some big shots, played decently. He's kind of built that in through Orlando. I think, I think you have guys, like I said last time on Talk Talk, if you look at this roster, you have four guys on the court who can hit shots at all times, basically, from behind the arc. We haven't even seen the best of DJ Davis yet, <laughs> though we have seen him like launch and hit 40-footers, it seems like. So it's there. It seems like that is not discouraging him from taking those shots. So, I mean, if that's his role, if he's your third offensive option that's not a bad three to have you know is is someone like that correct Um, and then you have a a senior point guard super senior point guard in potty alexander who's who's been through the battles of the big east and um he knows how to run an offense and he'll crash the boards like he did against boise state i think he had seven rebounds um he can hit a pull-up jumper he's not going to hit too many from behind the arc but he can hit a few pull-up jumpers can get to the rack like i said i've I think there are enough pieces on this team to be competitive in the Big East.
1: Yes, and then an, another takeaway, you know, what Thad said that he learned most was just that they have more depth. I mean, literally last year, they had seven guys just from injury. and. Um,
0: had Greg Oden in practice, like he <laughs> yes. was practicing.
1: Yes, just they could not get healthy, and even then, some of, the, some of the, you know, the ninth, tenth guys weren't necessarily people you want playing regular minutes in the Big East, and, you know, one of the uh, players that I wasn't sure how they would adapt to their role was Andre Screen, but he's been a revelation, I would say. just He made his first nine shots, and then you know he's just one of the most efficient players around the basket, and he's making free throws, and he's the second leading rebounder on the team. You know? hey, seven
0: foot is seven foot. Yeah, and well... That's true, but it's... <laughs> It's a luxury to be able to bring a competent seven footer off the bench.
1: Yes, and even Thad was like, "Yeah, we we didn't know what to expect from him offensively because they knew he was going to be a solid defensive player." And he said, "Since the day he's gotten here, he's been a very consistent offensive force, and he's kind of you know opening some eyes on that end, and he's kind of been spelling Jalen Thomas, who still he's he I don't think he's played more than twenty minutes in any of the
0: games in Orlando. He just twenty four against Boise State. Okay, twenty four. He did have nine rebounds. So he yes, and all defensive rebounds.
1: Yes. So I mean, and that's that was another point of emphasis. You know. From the Florida-Atlantic game, they said, we need to rebound as a team. And then, like you said, you see Posh and DJ getting – I, th- I think it was DJ that had seven rebounds, and then Posh had like four rebounds. or something. Against like.
0: Boise State, uh, yeah. DJ had five, uh, seven for Posh, okay, and four yeah. for Pierre. Yeah. So, I mean, those are your guards getting rebounds. And, and that that's what you need because if yes. your guards are getting defensive rebounds, and this Butler team wants to push the ball with, mm-hmm. with tempo – then you get a defensive rebound. You run. You go, and you you know you don't let the defense set up in their half court. And uh, you know we're looking at this Butler team, and they're five and two. Uh, we've already talked about you know you wrote and today on, online on IndyStar.com about Hell Ken Palm. They've jumped forty spots mm-hmm. from preseason rankings to where they are now. That's the highest jump of any team in the Power Six conferences. Um, so you can attribute some of that to low expectations, uh, but also they're playing well. Yep. And you look at their two losses and those two losses are against two teams that were in the AP top preseason 10, you know, the mm-hmm. top 10. in the pre- So there's no, there's no shame in losing. And one of those was on the road at Michigan state. The other was a non-conference and we already talked about it. FAU brought almost everyone back from a final four team. Mm-hmm. And that was a, that was actually a really fun game to watch. And it was there to be won. So you have to come away thinking this team is, this team is better than what they were last year. And are they an NCAA tournament team? I'm, I don't think we're there yet to, to declare that, but you know this Texas Tech game on Thursday is a big one yes. because it's another potential resume game. I'm not sure if Penn State makes the tournament this year like they did last year. They're going through a lot of change. But Boise State usually is pretty competitive in the Mountain West, so we'll see if they make the tournament again. So you might have two resume wins there. Um, again, I don't think the Penn State will be a great one, but it, who knows? Who knows? Um, but Texas Tech is 5-1. and one. They just picked up two wins in the battle for Atlantis, beat Michigan. So they have a, a, a backcourt, you know, that is good. You know, that's their strength. So I think it's an interesting game. You, you win this at home. You're 6-2. and two. You've got three decent wins already on the ledger. I, you know, because you look at IU. Let's take an example. Look at Indiana University right now. Mm-hmm. They are struggling. They're 5-1, and one, okay, but they're struggling with the teams they should be blowing out. Like Army is in the 300s or something, Ken Palm. Some of the other teams, not that great. They're struggling to win those games. They're winning them, but they're struggling to win those games. Whereas Butler, in those games that they're supposed to be winning, they are winning big. You know, they're putting up 90 points. And you can say, like, IU, well, they're still trying to fit the pieces together. They don't know what they are. I mean, look at the Butler teams. I mean, they, they are completely different. So I think you can kind of look and say, like, I like what I see there. I like the pieces they brought in. And the difference, I guess, that you can say with IU and Butler is shooting. Like, yeah, the percentages for Butler aren't great. But they're going to shoot threes, and they're going to make threes, Um, and they're not afraid to take them, whereas IU is still playing basketball in the 1960s, not knowing how to shoot a three-pointer. So I, I, again, I think this Butler team is good, but what are you looking at on Thursday? Because Texas Tech, again, you win this game, you can start to believe there's something there. Yeah,
1: uh, again, I think... You mentioned shooting. I'd love to see DJ Davis go off for one of those, you know, six for eight from threes or, you know, four for five from three. Because, again, like you said, he hasn't really been unleashed. And he's someone who his defense has been improving, but he's definitely someone that I've noticed that other teams like to attack when he's on defense. They like to make him defend because he's not the biggest guy. So, you know, I was actually texting with David Woods. He's like, if, you know, DJ isn't making four to five threes, you know, at what point does it become a liability? So, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see him kind of break out and kind of show everyone what he's capable of doing because, you know, again, talking to the guys in practice and seeing him shoot in practice, he's one of those, you know, parking lot type of guys that can change a game so quickly. And so if they can get that consistent third double-digit score, that would be great, you know, kind of take some of the pressure off of Jamil and Pierre and maybe allow Posh to facilitate a little more because Posh has actually been taking on a little bit more of a scoring role than I thought, you know, with him driving to the basket and shooting those tough pull-ups that he makes. But, you know, you might not want him to get too used to taking. So, I, again, I would love to see a DJ kind of break out in that way. That's That's kind of what I'm looking forward to.
0: And if they win this game against Texas Tech, then they're six and two. You're going to beat Buffalo at home. They're bad. You're going to beat Cal at home. They're bad, and you should beat Saginaw Valley State. So you could be nine and two going into Big East play, uh, starting with Georgetown. I mean, that's so. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice ease into it. So there could be a lot of momentum for this team going into Big East play.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I guess the only parallel or kind of reason to pump the brakes is you know. Last year, Butler beat K-State, which I don't even think we re- – That was an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, that okay. was an anomaly. Well, I mean, it happened. And I, I don't even think we realized at the time how big of a win that was going to be because obviously K-State then goes on to make a you know a, a run in, in March Madness. So that's the only reason I might pump the brakes and not putting too much stock into the non-conference no, schedule. No, that's
0: what we do here. We got, we're trying to get people excited. Okay? Yes. And okay, so – well, compare it to last year. They were in Battle for Atlantis, right? Last year they were correct. in the Bahamas. Get blown out by Tennessee. mm mm-hmm come back to beat BYU, and really weren't, they were in the NC State game for a little bit, but then they lose by 15. So compare that to this year's team, you're playing another ranked team in FAU, you don't get blown out, you're in that game the whole time, and then you win comfortably the other two games against NCAA tournament teams. So I think you can look at Last you know, you can kind of look at what happened last November, what happened this November. And there's a clear difference between these two teams. And
1: even Thad said like he's like, We don't really talk about last year. (laughs) He's like, Why Why would he? There's (laughs) no one on (laughs) the team left. But exactly the (laughs) one thing that they can say is different is the depth. I mean, yeah, if you look at the battle for Atlantis, you know, everyone's playing thirty five minutes a game and even, you know. Playing the th- you know third game in four days uh, in Orlando, the guys are feeling it. You know that's that's a lot to ask for anyone. You know Pierre Brooks apparently was his back was locking up in the first half, so he had to get stretched out, and then he comes out and explodes. But the fact that like, they have a Landon Moore, someone that they didn't really have a backup point
0: guard last year, like he's confident. Uh,
1: yeah, like and Simas was the backup point guard, but he's also your starting wing, so that's they just have more depth. And again, Andre screen. You know Bowden Kapke, someone who's you know he's capable. You probably don't want him playing. 25 minutes a game but he's capable in the minutes that he plays and in the role that he's asked to do and again Landon Moore and Andre Screen and then then, uh, Connor Turnbull again he's someone who his his minutes might depend on the, the matchup if a team has you know four guards three guards I guess dad doesn't want him out on the perimeter that much but He's a matchup nightmare against, you know, like body players because he's fast and big. And then, this not even to mention Augusto Cassio, who. You, you liked know, him. You he, saw him yes, in some preseason
0: practices and he's, scrimmages. Uh, you. You came away pretty impressed with Mr. Casio.
1: He's a matchup nightmare, and he's confident. Talk about confident! Like he he'll let it fly from three, and he can he'll dunk on anyone. So apparently, he's still about two weeks away from returning to practice. So who knows when he'll actually be seen in game action? But I mean, by then, the rotation could be set. You know, right right now, it's at about ten guys. I'm sure he'd probably like to cut that down to seven, eight guys. You know, obviously, barring foul trouble, then you expand it. But, I, you know. Can Augusto carve out minutes for himself when he's healthy? Because I mean, this team—you would think by you know the middle of December—is going to be gelled and kind of even more confident, and have even more chemistry. So that's a that's a good problem to have. Again, it's depth that they didn't have last year. He was that, your
0: preseason X-factor. Did you see him more as a four or a three? He
1: can he can guard
0: he can guard, can guard he can guard one through five okay. like
1: he's that freaky athletic a- athletically and obviously the just the the little nuances are kind of what he needs to pick up and this is tough because again he's losing so much on court experience like you would love for him to get his feet wet against the Eastern Michigans and you know the Saginaw Valleys and th- th- this would be perfect time for him to play you know twenty minutes in – you know, in a role that he can. So before Big East play, so this is going to be tough. He's going to be behind the eight ball a little bit, but I still think he can make an impact at some
0: point this season. I mean, you talked about him being confident and I feel like that's kind of an underlying theme for all these additions that they have. They were all confident kids. They were all accomplished at where they were, you know, DJ Davis thousand point score. Now Mm -hmm. Telfort, thousand point score, Posh Alexander, we know was all Big East defensive player, you know, so like these These are accomplished players. Pierre Brooks wasn't as accomplished in college yet, but we knew the talent was there. Give him a bigger role, you know, and and away from home. He's not carrying that Mr. Basketball Michigan, you know, on his back like he was if you're at a Michigan school, just like you're at Indiana. Anthony Leal's got to carry that the whole time. He's like, oh, it's Mr. Basketball for Indiana. Like, pressure, get him on the court, that kind of thing. So I think you get him away from home, get him out of that expectations, the weight of it, and just play. He's having a great – and you can just tell. They are a confident bunch, and they – they think they're going to hit their shots. They, they want the offense. They push it. You know, defense might be – what's that said about defense? Because it's fun when you're scoring 90 points, but sometimes in these games, like against FAU – you needed to get some stops, and they just couldn't get those stops. So what has he said about defense? Is that what's holding this team back? Yeah, I mean,
1: a lot of that is that kind of factors into rebounding because against FAU, you saw the offensive rebounds were killing them. And you, the, One of the main parts about playing defense is getting the rebound to end the possession. They're getting this the second-chance points, what was really killing them, and that goes back to now they're getting the guards involved. Now DJ and Posh are crashing the boards, and that will help them play better defense because they're limiting the extra possessions. So I think the rebounding is what will help fix the, the defense, because, you know, in, in terms of playing, like, you know, man-to-man or zone defense, they're they're competent in that area, you know. Connor Turnbull is a great rim protector. Jalen Thomas is, is a solid rim protector. Andre Screen is a good rim protector at times. So, I mean, you know, they have the pieces to play solid team defense. It's just rebounding was really hurting them. So I think if they can cheer that up, then you'll see the, the defense
0: improve as a whole. All right, well, they've got one more game in November. That's the Texas Tech game. Then December, not terrible December. January hits and, oof, you got those back-to-back games against UConn and Marquette, you know, oof. two top five teams. So we'll learn a lot. And that's in the, you know, the first week of January, basically. So we'll learn a lot about them, you know, later. But this is a key stretch for them. Win, beat Texas Tech. Then you got Buffalo, Cal, Saginaw Valley. We've already talked about those are easily winnable games. Should be winnable games. Georgetown with Ed Cooley could be interesting. Could be interesting. And then, you know, Providence, St. John's. So not the worst start to it. And then it gets... Then it gets hard with UConn and, and Marquette. So again, I guess you're you're right, you'd like to see Cassia get some minutes um before January. Not gonna happen. <laughs> you're shaking your head? I mean again,
1: he's returning to practice in two weeks. Okay. How many practices do you need to I don't know how many practices you need to get to D one shape, but I imagine it's more than one, more than two. And they they all probably only practice once or twice a week, you know, with all the traveling stuff that they yeah. do, so Well,
0: they won't have a lot of traveling right now because everything's home until December twenty third till Christmas. They're okay, until Christmas. Wow. Yeah. So okay, let's get them out there. Let's <laughs> stretch them out. Let's see what we have in this six nine six eight international man of mystery um, that we just you know you, you rave about. So I know fans are looking forward to seeing them. So what what else do you, what else about this team really stands out to you the, um, right now?
1: I just think again the, the the veteran leadership, like you said, like people like Jamil Telford. He's someone that people didn't. I didn't again. I didn't know what to expect, but he's a, again. Well, you don't
0: I, watch Northeastern basketball.
1: I do not, unfortunately. <laughs> but he again. He the way he just moves around the basket. He can he can bet, he can post up people. Like again, he's someone who can exploit mis, mismatches, and that's good to see. Uh, again, Andre Green. I, I'll go back to him. He's been so impressive, and you know I think as the season progresses, you'll see more from Connor Turnbull. He's someone that you know fans they. <laughs> When he didn't play uh, uh, against, when he wasn't playing against Michigan State, you know, my, my mentions start to light up a little bit. Like, what's going on with Connor? What's going on with Connor? And, I mean, uh, you know, I I would you would like to see him play, you know, 20, 30 minutes a game. But, again.
0: 30 minutes uh, a game is a little.
1: <laughs> exactly. Maybe, but,
0: I'd like to see him in the 18-minute range Sure. Right now, okay? Yes,
1: but if, if he can carve out a role, again, he'll be another X factor. The and,
0: thing is he can shoot. Yes. He can dunk. Yes. He can block shots. Mm-hmm. And he can rebound-ish. But can he move his feet from side to side?
1: Against like-bodied players, yes. Okay, that's fair. If they, but if teams are going small, it's going to be a little difficult for him. And again, that comes back to the defense where, yes, he can rebound against smaller players, but you, know, you don't really want him to be exploited on
0: that end. They have some shot blocking with Jalen Thomas, yeah. with Turnbull. Um, who else? I'm missing someone who can block shots.
1: On your screen? On your screen,
0: yeah. yeah. And yeah. even Kapke. Can get involved. So again, I'm I'm gonna say I see a lot of Shravis. Andrew Shrabbus and Bowden Kapke. Okay. And if you can get if he can be an Andrew Shrabus, then Butler fans will be thrilled with having that kind of piece. My worry is front court depth. That's a concern if we get in foul trouble or if there's an injury. There's there's concern I know we I know Andre Screen's played well so far, but again, getting the biggies things are a little different, a little more mm-hmm. rugged, um, a little more athletic. So we'll see. But so far, so far so good. A right I agree yeah are, are, have you been have they exceed they've exceeded Ken Palm's expectations have they exceeded your expectations so far
1: It's tough because when you see them in practice or even in the open scrimmage, like wow, like they look really good. I mean, even someone like Finley Bizjak in an in an open gym situation, he looks like a twenty point scorer. But I haven't really seen that translate on the court yet. He's someone who's playing a little tentative. I'm sure he's still trying to find his role, and I'm sure at some point he's going to go off for sixteen points.
0: But the thing is, they don't need him to right now, right?
1: Not yet, but there there will come a time, and it's it's up to him to kind of seize that opportunity. He's kind of the one player that the reserve player that hasn't really had that breakout moment yet. Like again, Landon Moore when Posh gets in foul trouble. He's you know, he's just asked to run the show and, and be a competent point guard. You know, again, Andre Screen and Connor Turnbull have shown us flashes, and even Bowden Kapke has shown flashes. And we're still kind of waiting to see that from Finley. And then I, I just, again, from talking to him and even talking to his mother, I know he's a very confident person. So it's a little, I'm a little surprised to see him kind of falling to the background a little bit. But that's, I think the time will come where he'll kind of make his, his statement.
0: And he's a luxury right now. You know, it's a freshman, you know, to bring off the bench, give him some minutes, and you. As long as you're winning, it's a luxury right now to, to kind of bed him in into what major college basketball is, and you, you have like a Landon Moore who's played a lot of games for St. Francis in college. Granted, it was what conferences? What are they? The Northeastern mm. Athletic Conference? The NIAC? Is that a thing? Don't get. I'm me. making things up. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It wasn't playing. You know, but Landon Moore is. Those are his minutes. You know, in the backcourt. Um, who else com- Who else do we have coming off the bench in the backcourt? That's it, really, right? Uh, so well, Finley is Finley, the, yeah. the other guy. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess you're gonna need. It's not really luxury. He's a nece- he's a necessity, I guess. Yes. So, which is what you were trying to tell me. <laughs> I was trying to argue it. So, all right. Well, anything else stand out before uh, before Thursday's game, or are we just um, ready I'm, for that test?
1: I'm mad in the practice today, so we'll, I guess I'll talk to the guys and see what they have to say. But, no, uh, again, just kind of read that article, you know, about them kind of ex, uh, ex- exceeding expectations and just what it was like to kind of grind through three day, or three games in four days. And uh, just, uh, yeah, that's about it.
0: All right. Well, he is Akeem Glasby, the Indy Stars Butler Insider. You can follow him on Twitter. I'm not calling it the other thing because it's Twitter. At the Akeem Glasby, as if there's any other one, uh, and I'm McLeanes. And thanks again for listening to this version of Dog Talk. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.